Welcome to worship this day. All of our worship is here in your worship folder. And let's start out our worship today by letting God put to death that turned inward part of us as we confess our sin and hear God's good news. So please stand. We begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your Spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us and for his sake God forgives all of our sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sin, your sins are forgiven. And all that is Christ is yours. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. <laughs>
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you.
guys. question for you today, because there's something we're going to hear in our first reading that gets misquoted a lot. A lot of people say something about this. What's that? Money, right? It's a dollar. It's not a lot of money. It's all I have left. I had $11 yesterday, but <laughs> I can show you a magic trick. Um, is this dollar good or is it evil? You know what evil is? Like bad? Is it good or is it bad? We're going to... What's that? It could be both. How could it be bad? What do you think? Oh, like if you went around asking for money, it could be... Maybe you're asking for a good reason or a bad reason, right? Mm -hmm. How could it... Be, anybody else have any other ideas of how it could be bad? Not just this dollar, but... How could it be good? What do you think? You could use it for good. You could use it to buy food for people. Maybe some of you brought something like this for an offering today for your, for your class, for your Sunday school class. We do all kinds of wonderful things with that, right? Yeah, almost every hospital or uh, soup kitchen, like where people get fed, there's, there's a meal here on Wednesday. Almost all that I know of come from churches and people give to their church to hopefully do good things with it, right? Well, some people think that there's a quote in the Bible that says money is the root of all evil. But it doesn't say that. Because money can be used for good things, it can be used for bad things, right? It's what it says is the love of money. Like when you uh, take this or we offer and you say maybe you worship that, Right? Instead of worshiping Jesus, like it's the first or most important thing in your life. Everything you do centers around money. We can put lots of things in the center of our lives, can't we, that, that we can kind of put first. Maybe it's ourself, or maybe it's money, or maybe it's some other person. It could be a lot of different things. And God says, put me first. Put me in the center of everything that you do so that I'm at the center of how you spend your money. I'm at the center of what you do for fun. I'm at the center of when you wake up in the morning and brush your teeth, right? Anybody say a prayer while they're brushing their teeth? I'm gonna try that, but I, yeah, right? Or you, maybe you just get up in the morning or before you go to bed at night, you say a prayer. Keep me at the center of all the things that you do and, um, and that will be a blessing to you and it'll be a blessing to other people too, right? So our money isn't automatically bad because it's in our pocket or automatically good because it's in the offering plate. But when we look at it, however we use it, we want to look at it with, with what we call stewardship. It's really thinking, what can God do with this? Or how can I use this to help? You know, a number of different ways, okay? So it's not that this little dollar bill in my wallet is evil, but if we worship it or we put it first, it can invite us into a whole lot of crazy things, right? that aren't so good for us. All right, let's pray today. Let's pray. We'll do a repeat prayer. Dear God, Dear God thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Who comes to us, comes to us and puts himself, puts himself in the center of our lives. In the center of our lives. 
Thank you for this gift. Thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thanks for coming up, guys. food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called for and which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous, and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to, into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone rises from the dead. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I love when in premarital counseling or just talking to people about their closest relationships, they will say things like, he really sees me, or she really gets me. Or the more vulnerable statement, and maybe even more beautiful, they know everything about me, and they still love me. Crazy, right? I recall several recent occasions saying that the the three needs that humans have to survive, that we're told we need to survive, is, is a little bit incomplete. You know, food, clothing, shelter, or food and water, clothing and shelter. It's missing something in that. We need connection to survive. We literally do. A baby born into an orphanage, for example, that does not receive any human contact or other connection is likely to die even though there would be no other health concerns. And every baby, did you know this, born, every baby, everywhere born, has something like a 1 in 12,000 chance to make eye contact with another human in the room. If you, if you take the room and kind of just grid it into sort of these, these quadrants or pixels, they have a 1 in 12,000 chance to make eye contact. And yet, every single child, regardless of their race, regardless of their language or culture or where they were born, will within the first three seconds of life make eye contact with another human being as long as their brain function is normal. <laughs> That's pretty statistically impossible, actually, unless, unless we are made for connection, unless we are given this gift as human beings to be connected with one another. So it may not be a coincidence that the Bible tells us that the work of Satan is to categorize to disconnect us from one another, to feed our assumptions, put us into boxes as individuals or as groups. In fact, I have a quick quiz for you. Where is Satan introduced in the Bible? Anybody know? Easy answer, right? <laughs> oh, somebody said it. Yeah, a couple people. It, Satan is introduced in the book of Job. Yes, not the talking snake in, in Genesis, but in Job. Satan, that name that means adversary of God. The one who accuses, the one who separates, the one who casts suspicion and doubt and who, who promotes division. We have a sumptuous eater in our, our gospel text for today in this parable, but if there is a sumptuous eater in our current culture, it is Satan, this adversary of God. Division, mistrust, suspicion, seeing and assuming the worst about the other is like an all-you-can-eat buffet for one who opposes God and the kingdom that Jesus is offering to us. And not seeing others, boy, that is probably the greatest dismissal of all. And the rich man in the parable Jesus tells today seems to be kind of in line with this, with this adversarial condition from God's kingdom. He seems to treat Lazarus as nameless, not, not probably surprising to the people who are, who are listening to Jesus right now. These, a few skeptical Pharisees were told, a, a mix of some other people, and an abundance of what we might call kind of the, the, the peasant mass or the peasant masses. But Jesus does something incredibly shocking in his parable. Right away, he names Lazarus. He names the nobody, the, the beggar at the gate, the one who can be dismissed. 
And the name is significant. Lazarus means helped by God or God helps. And then Jesus gives this kind of general category of those who are sick and kind of ascribes that to Lazarus. It says that Lazarus is covered in sores, and that's, that's kind of a very generalized term for a variety of illnesses. You see, it's as if Jesus is putting forth this category of people that are seen as outcast, that are seen as unworthy, that are seen as even sinful, deserving of their illnesses. And then he's giving them this name. Naming is important. It validates the person being named. Well, speaking of names, it's perhaps even more shocking that Jesus does not name the rich man. He simply calls him the rich man. And we know from Jesus' description that this man is important, not just because of his wealth, but even what he eats, even how he eats, even what he wears, the purple cloth, which was expensive. It's no doubt that everyone around this rich man knows his name. They want to be at his table. They want to be in his good graces, do business with him, sit next to him in the local synagogue. He is blessed. And again, in Jesus' day, there was an assumption that those who prospered were blessed and beloved by God. Whereas those who were poor or sick, or especially if they had maybe some defect, uh, deformity or, or were defective in some way, we're serving punishment from God for their sin or maybe the sin of their parents, perhaps. Now, systems of power love this kind of theology. My prosperity is a sign of God's blessing. And others' misfortunes, well, that's their problem. But this is a theology of simpletons. It is a theology of lazy people. Thank God we don't think like that today. I mean, such a sense of entitlement would wash over us if we thought we deserved our good things while others deserved evil things. Thank God we aren't entitled. Thank God we don't point the finger or categorize. Thank God we aren't simpletons of convenience like the people of Jesus' day. Whew, okay, I have to pause for a second. And... <laughs> Whew, cool down the sting of my own words. We've been joking the past few weeks or kind of kidding each other a little bit, those of us who have been preaching about which of us has had the toughest text to preach, the toughest words from Jesus. I know I started off with kind of a similar word from Jesus way back uh, on Labor Day, uh, or Labor Day weekend anyway, and here again there is this warning to the rich. There's been this lineup of sayings and parables, and it's getting very pointed from Jesus, and, and worst of all, it's getting very clear. Jesus seems to be on this straight tear of law, convicting the haves around him who would, who would domesticate his upside-down kingdom and offering, probably at the same time, a pretty welcome worldview to those who are under their power. Jesus, absolute truth, convicting the world of absolute power. And maybe that's just it. Maybe we just need to hear that, be kind of punched in the face in this one. Go and sell everything you have, lest your love of money roots you in evil. Beware the afterlife where your chance for redemption is fenced off with a chasm even the greatest saint could not bridge. And hope, hope you have done enough to, be, to not be on the wrong side of that chasm. Or maybe, maybe we can't work our way to God. 
just prior to this parable, by the way, we are told that the Pharisees are lovers of money, and they love to justify themselves, or they seek to justify themselves. Well, here's the spoiler alert. If you haven't heard it yet, and if you haven't, you haven't been listening, sorry. We can't justify ourselves. Pastor Bill is quick to say that Moses doesn't get you into the promised land. The law doesn't get you there. Well, I might add through Jesus' parable today that the obedience of Abraham doesn't get you there either. Christ alone gets you there. With God, all things are possible. Now, that's enough. I think that's gospel that Jesus reaches across that chasm. But I think that gospel, too, could be cheapened. You know, kind of like, phew, okay, good. I can dismiss Jesus' words because he'll work it out for me in the end, right? Let me just get back to my nap. Mm -hmm. But I think there might be more, more gospel, deeper gospel in this word today. This week, we were looking for special music to kind of sing the gospel for today. And um, looking for the 11 o'clock service specifically because the choir sang today. Although he made that, those fires sound kind of nice. So I don't, I don't know about that. But anyway, it's a beautiful song. <laughs> But I hope you'll look up the song. If you look up the song for the 11 o'clock service, maybe it'll feed some of your reflection after this point. Um, and we're going to put something on our, on our Facebook page as well that'll, that'll feed your reflection, some spoken word poetry that I think brings this together that Marietta shared with me this week. But we were looking for that special music for the 11 o'clock service. And, and then as I was working in my, in my yard on kind of a partial day off on Thursday, I heard this song come on, and I thought, oh, man, maybe we should have chosen this one instead. Maybe this speaks the gospel better than anything else. And it's a, it's a song from a band called Audio Adrenaline, and it starts, it starts out, I think, okay. It says, little hands, shoeless feet, lonely eyes looking back at me. Will we leave behind the innocent too brief? On their own, on the run, when their lives have only begun, these could be our daughters and our sons. And just like a drum, I can hear their hearts beating. I know my God won't let them be defeated. Every child has a dream to belong and be loved. And then this chorus came on. Boys become kings, girls will be queens, wrapped in your majesty. When we love, when we love the least of these, then they will be brave and free. It may sound pretty good at the first listening, but with this gospel word from Jesus today ringing in my ears, I actually stood in my yard. I was actually holding a pickaxe, staring at a tree I was about to plant, and I yelled, no! <laughs> I'm not sure if my lovely neighbor was out with her new puppy uh, uh, schnitzel, but if she was, she probably scooped him up and ran inside like this crazy guy again. But no, no, no! The shoeless and the hungry and the sick and the downtrodden girls and boys and, and men and women for that matter do not become kings and queens because I care for and love them. To me, that's very arrogant and it is absolutely absurd. They already are kings and queens, children of God, named and claimed. My apologies to the band Audio Adrenaline. I'm, I'm sure their heart's in the right place. But just no, no. Jesus is calling us. Really, Jesus is offering us the gift of seeing through his eyes. 
This is not just simple charity. It isn't just sympathy. And it certainly isn't tolerance. This is a full embrace. Christ is the answer for the chasm to come for all of my failings and all of yours as well. But he is also the destroyer of the gates at present. His kingdom is not yet, but it is also already. It is already here and we are invited to hear the central call of the law that gives as a gift, that is given to us as a gift for the prosperity of all people. We are invited to hear the cry of the prophets for the widow, for the orphan, for the foreigner in our land as invitation to step out of our narrow and self-centered feast and to feast with Jesus at his table. Is this easy? No. Is it fulfilling? Yes. With our prosperity, we have the most to lose, the most to risk. But with our blindness, we have absolutely the most to gain. And so my question for you is maybe the question that Jesus says to us. Do you see? Do you see what Jesus is offering for you today? Let it be an invitation and good news. Amen. Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
of our modern world by the power of your word and spirit create and renew our connections to each other that we may share in the gospel open our eyes to see you and our neighbor and help them in every way we can lord in your mercy almighty god we pray for peace in our world and for the many places of hunger and suffering inspire courage in leaders to stand up for what is right and against oppression and violence Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, protect our freedoms, our republic, and democracy. Give our leaders and nation the courage to confront the causes of violence in our land. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all of those serving in the military at home or abroad. Watch over them and their families. Lord, in your mercy. We hold before you our peace officers. Guide them in the decisions and judgment. Protect them and be with all of their families, and especially the families of those officers killed in the line of duty. Lord, in your mercy. We pray, we pray for your blessing on all of our schools. Lord, in your mercy. Be with parents and give them grace, wisdom, and peace. Lord, in your mercy. Continue to pour out your spirit on your church and on Silverdale Lutheran that we would connect more to Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, for all those suffering in body and spirit and mind, we pray this day. We pray for Eric Burchell, who was injured in a football game on Friday night. We pray for Ace Edwards and for Ray Schaefer and Terry Randolph, who are recovering from surgery. For Gary Ludwig battling an infection and for Mary Huff recovering from surgery. We also pray for Dwight and Kathy Jones as they celebrate their 50th anniversary. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all of those facing cancer, for Priscilla and Elizabeth, for Angela and Gary and Dave and Gail and Jim and Ron and Kathy and Carol. Lord, in your mercy. For those in our military and those supporting them and their families, for Aaron and Rebecca and Eric and Megan and Jared and Andrew and David, Lord, in your mercy. For all those among us and, and um, outside of Silverdale Lutheran who continue to suffer, we pray for them and we commend all of this through your son's strong name. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please share the peace with one another.
as you finish sharing the piece, keep going. I'm just going to lead us into some community time. Please do pass those friendship pads down the aisle. If you're a guest of ours today, that's a great place for you to give us some info so we can send you an email or a letter. Thank you for worshiping with us. Make ourselves available to you. So thank you for being here. Um, we are so glad you're here. Um, so check out the beacon. This is the yellow or colored. Um, and that's really what's happening in our congregation. I want to hold up that we've got financial peace that's being offered, but we need folks to sign up to see if that's going to make a, a go um, on this one. And uh, so please pour over all of that. We've got a lot of youth stuff here on the front page. Please take a look at that. Um, as we now prepare for our offering, we lift up the ministries. Indeed, we do here and in the community, and we thank you for supporting them with your offerings and your pledges and tithes and all that you are. So we continue with our offering.
we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the choirs of angels, with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread as you once revealed yourself to your disciples. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God. If you are new to our worship, um, there are some words of hospitality to the supper on page 8. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God.
did you get? Okay, I'll bring it. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world. And continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you deep peace. Amen. Amen.